Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, August 15th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there. But there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Ekev, and it means on the heel of. Deuteronomy 8, 1-20 Be careful to obey all the commands I am giving you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these forty years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey His commands. Yes, He humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these forty years your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and fearing Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat 
and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember Yahweh your Elohim. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this, if you ever forget Yahweh your Elohim and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. Nehemiah 9.22-10.39 Then you, the Lord, helped our ancestors conquer kingdoms and nations, and you placed your people in every corner of the land. They took over the land of King Sihon of Heshbon and the land of King Og of Bashan. You made their descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and brought them into the land you had promised to their ancestors. They went in and took possession of the land. You subdued whole nations before them. Even the Canaanites who inhabited the land were powerless. Your people could deal with these nations and their kings as they pleased. Our ancestors captured fortified cities and fertile land. They took over houses full of good things with cisterns already dug and vineyards and olive groves and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate until they were full and grew fat and enjoyed themselves and all your blessings. But despite all this, they were disobedient and rebelled against you. They turned their backs on your Torah. They killed your prophets who warned them to return to you and they committed terrible blasphemies. So you handed them over to their enemies who made them suffer. But in their time of trouble, they cried to you, and you heard them from heaven. In your great mercy, you sent them liberators who rescued them from their enemies. But as soon as they were at peace, 
your people again committed evil in your sight, and once more you let their enemies conquer them. Yet, whenever your people turned and cried to you again for help, you listened once more from heaven. In your wonderful mercy, you rescued them many times. You warned them to return to your Torah, but they became proud and obstinate and disobeyed your commands. They did not follow your regulations by which people will find life, if only they obey. They stubbornly turned their backs on you and refused to listen. In your love you were patient with them for many years. You sent your Spirit, who warned them through the prophets, but still they wouldn't listen. So once again you allowed the peoples of the land to conquer them. But in your great mercy you did not destroy them completely or abandon them forever. What a gracious and merciful God you are! And now, our God, the great and mighty and awesome God, who keeps His covenant of unfailing love, do not let all the hardships we have suffered seem insignificant to you. Great trouble has come upon us and upon our kings and leaders and priests and prophets and ancestors, all of your people, from the days when the kings of Assyria first triumphed over us until now. Every time you punished us, you were being just. We have sinned greatly, and you gave us only what we deserved. Our kings, leaders, priests, and ancestors did not obey your Torah or listen to the warnings in your commands and laws. Even while they had their own kingdom, they did not serve you, though you showered your goodness on them. You gave them a large, fertile land, but they refused to turn from their wickedness. So now today we are slaves in the land of plenty that you gave our ancestors for their enjoyment. We are slaves here in this good land. The lush produce of this land piles up in the hands of the kings whom you have set over us because of our sins. They have power over us and our livestock. We serve them at their pleasure, and we are in great misery." The people responded, In view of all of this, we are making a solemn promise and putting it in writing. On this sealed document are the names of our leaders and Levites and priests. The document was ratified and sealed with the following names. The governor, Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, and also Zedekiah. The following priests, Sariah, Azariah, Jeremiah, Pasher, Amariah, Malkijah, Hattush, Shebaniah, Maluk, Harim, Merimoth, Obadiah, Daniel, Ganathon, Baruch, Meshulam, Abijah, Mijamin, Maziah, Bilgai, and Shemaiah. These were the priests. The following Levites, Jeshua, son of Azaniah, Benui from the family of Hanadad, Cadmiel, and their fellow Levites, Shebaniah, Hodiah, Kelita, Paliah, Hanan, Micah, Rehob, Hashabiah, Zakur, Sherebiah, Shebaniah, Hodiah, Bani, and Beninu. The following leaders, Parosh, Pehath-Moab, Elam, Zatu, Bani, Buni, Asgad, Babai, Adonijah, Bigvai, Aden, Ater, Hezekiah, Azur, Hodiah, Hashum, Bezai, Harif, Anathoth, Nabai, Magpiash, Meshulam, 
Hezer, Meshazabel, Zadok, Jadua, Pelatiah, Hanan, Aniah, Hoshea, Hananiah, Hashub, Halohesh, Pilha, Shobek, Rehem, Hashabna, Masiah, Ahia, Hanan, Anan, Maluk, Harim, and Bena. Then the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, gatekeepers, singers, temple servants, and all who had separated themselves from the pagan people of the land in order to obey the Torah of God, together with their wives, sons, daughters, and all who were old enough to understand, joined their leaders and bound themselves with an oath. They swore a curse on themselves if they failed to obey the Torah of God as issued by his servant Moses. They solemnly promised to carefully follow all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our God. We promise not to let our daughters marry the pagan people of the land, and not to let our sons marry their daughters. We also promise that if the people of the land should bring any merchandise or grain to be sold on the Sabbath or on any other holy day, we will refuse to buy it. Every seventh year we will let our land rest, and we will cancel all debts owed to us. In addition, we promise to obey the command to pay the annual temple tax of one-eighth of an ounce of silver for the care of the temple of our God. This will provide for the bread of the presence, for the regular grain offerings and burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbaths, the new moon celebrations, and the annual festivals, for the holy offerings and for the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel. It will provide for everything necessary for the work of the temple of our God. We have cast sacred lots to determine when, at regular times each year, the families of the priests, Levites, and the common people should bring wood to God's temple to be burned on the altar of the Lord our God, as is written in the Torah. We promise to bring the first part of every harvest to the Lord's temple year after year, whether it be a crop from the soil or from our fruit trees. We agree to give God our oldest sons and the firstborn of all our herds and flocks, as prescribed in the Torah. We will present them to the priests who minister in the temple of our God. We will store the produce in the storerooms of the temple of our God. We will bring the best of our flour and other grain offerings, the best of our fruit, and the best of our new wine and olive oil. And we promise to bring to the Levites a tenth of everything our land produces, for it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all our rural towns. A priest, a descendant of Aaron, will be with the Levites as they receive these tithes, and a tenth of all that is collected as tithes will be delivered by the Levites to the temple of our God and placed in the storerooms. The people and the Levites must bring these offerings of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the storerooms and place them in the sacred containers near the ministering priests, the gatekeepers, and the singers. We promise together not to neglect the temple of our God. 1 Corinthians 9, 19-10, 13 
Even though I, Paul, am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win! All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us that we should not crave evil things as they did or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did, and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble, as some of them did, and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. Psalm 34, 1-10 I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak His praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, 
Let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me, and he freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Proverbs 21.13 Those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their own time of need. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Deuteronomy chapter 8, and then we're going to look at Nehemiah chapters 9 and 10. And there's a lot of relevance, application of what was shared today in the Torah to what's happening in our world and what's going on right now at in these times that we are now living in. Now keep in mind that in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, Moses is continuing his discourse and he's reminding the people and helping them to remember their history. They're poised and they're ready and they will soon be entering into the promised land with Joshua leading them. Moses will not be going with them. So he wants to see them be successful, and so he's helping them to remember their past mistakes, their past sins, so they don't repeat them. So in Deuteronomy chapter 8, I want to zoom in on verse 18. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors ancestors with an oath. Verse 19, But I assure you of this, if you ever forget Yahweh your Elohim and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey Yahweh your Elohim. And so he warns them that when they come into the promised land, not to forget the wilderness that they came out of, where there were poisonous snakes and scorpions, and not to become proud and forget that the Lord is the one who rescued them from slavery in Egypt. Um, And let's look at verses 10 and 11. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget Yahweh your Elohim and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. So let's just put an application to the nation of the United States of America. Way back hundreds of years ago, pilgrims left Europe where they were being persecuted. They could not freely worship God, they had to follow the state religion. And so there were Jews that were fleeing from Spain with 
the uh, pogrom, the expulsion of Jews in 1492. And then there were um, pilgrims from the Dutch and the Netherlands, from England, from Great Britain. And they got onto the ships and came to America. And they saw America as a new promised land where they could worship God freely. And over the centuries, the Lord has greatly blessed America. America is a land of abundance and plenty and prosperity. Plenty of land, plenty of resources, lots of farmland, lots of produce and agriculture, lots of industry, uh, the agricultural revolution, then the industrial revolution, and then the information age the age of technology that we're now in, America has been greatly blessed and prospered. But yet it seems like now America has fallen and has been overtaken from within by her enemies, that the Democratic Party is basically now a vassal puppet of communist China. And they stole the last election. And our nation is going into ruins and has been overrun by enemies from within. We have liberal prosecutors that have been bought off by George Soros that play the game of catch and release when BLM and Antifa terrorists set cars on fire and destroy police stations and bash windows of businesses in downtown cities. It's just catch and release. But then you have our political prisoners from January 6th that have not had due process, have not had an attorney, have not had any kind of a fair trial, and are just political prisoners locked up in a basement somewhere. So we've been overrun by our enemies. Why? Because, like Israel, this nation as a whole has turned away from God and turned away from his word, turned away from his Torah. This same theme is echoed and uh, repeated in Nehemiah chapters 9 and 10. Nehemiah is also, like Moses, helping them to remember the big picture. Sometimes we get caught up with what's happening today and what today's problems are. How am I going to pay the rent? How do I afford to put gas in the tank? How do I afford the groceries? And we lose sight of the bigger picture. We forget the bigger picture of our history of what got us here to where we are today. So Nehemiah, like Moses, is helping them to remember the bigger picture so that they can walk rightly before the Lord. So in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 26, Nehemiah says, But despite all of this, well, let me back up. Let's back up to verse 25. Our ancestors captured fortified cities and fertile land. They took over houses full of good things with cisterns already dug and vineyards and olive groves and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate until they were full and grew fat and enjoyed themselves in all your blessings. Now remember back in Deuteronomy, in verse 11, Deuteronomy 8.11 The Lord says, that's the time to be careful. When you're being blessed and prospered and everything's going well, beware that in your plenty, you do not forget Yahweh your Elohim and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees. So here they are now in Nehemiah, eating until they're full, growing fat, and enjoying all the blessings. Verse 26 
But despite all this, they were disobedient and rebelled against you. They turned their backs on your Torah. They killed your prophets who warned them to return to you. And they committed terrible blasphemies. So you handed them over to their enemies who made them suffer. But in their time of trouble, they cried to you, and you heard them from heaven. In your great mercy, you sent them liberators who rescued them from their enemies. So we see this in the book of Kings and in the book of Judges, that um, they would get over, the Israelites would get overrun by an enemy and they would come under great oppression. They would then return to the Lord and cry out to him. He would raise up a deliverer, a holder a Deborah, a Samson, and then that deliverer would deliver them from the hands of the enemies, from the Philistines, or from other enemies, the um, Amalekites. And then they would wander away from God during the time of prosperity and blessing. And again, another enemy would overrun the country, and that enemy actually was from the hand of God. So we have an enemy, an internal enemy from within. And God has allowed it. We have these deep state globalists that have overrun just about every nation upon the earth. They're all over the place. They're in Israel. And they're pulling the strings. And, you know, they loosed the uh, pandemic, this coronavirus concocted thing from a lab, released it upon the world, and then they have this poisonous jab that they want you to take. And these deep state globalists, they want their great reset. So now what are they up to? They, they want to start a world war. They're doing everything they can to start a world war. So we have Russia, Ukraine. We have China, Taiwan. We have Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan, uh, provoking the Communist Party in China. They want a war. So... We have enemies from within who are now in the hallways of power in Washington, D.C. And at the state level, in the hallways of the governor's mansion. And at the city level, uh, mayors that are running cities that uh, some of the biggest cities in America are so overrun by crime and murders and thefts that Starbucks and 7-Eleven are shutting down some of their 7-Eleven stores and their Starbucks stores in some of the worst cities like L.A. and Chicago because it's just not safe to do business there. Verse 28, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 28. But as soon as they were at peace, your people again committed evil in your sight, and once more you let their enemies conquer them. Yet whenever your people turned and cried to you again for help, You listened once more from heaven. In your wonderful mercy, you rescued them many times. Okay, so now there's this um, Reawaken America movement. And Clay Clark is involved with it. And and we know uh, that program on Rumble is is involved. It's just quite a groundswell movement. They have a Reawaken America tour that goes from city to city to city. And a lot of people are waking up. But really, waking up from spiritual slumber, we allowed this to happen. We got lazy. We fell asleep spiritually, and we allowed the enemies to conquer from within. 
And so now we are waking up from our spiritual slumber and we're crying out to God because ultimately only the Lord is going to be able to fix this. The swamp that Trump wanted to drain, he found out that the swamp was not just in Washington, D.C., not just in America, but it's global. It was way bigger than he thought. And as much as I support Trump and many of the great things he did for America, Trump is not our savior. Yeshua is our savior. And I really don't see America ever really coming back from the tremendous decline that it's now in. Um, it's great that Roe v. Wade got overturned, and um, but there's still so much corruption and sin in the land. Uh, really, what we need to do is be humbling ourselves and repenting and crying out for God's mercy. So, Continuing on in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 29, You warned them to return to your Torah, but they became proud and obstinate and disobeyed your commands. They did not follow your regulations by which people will find life if only they obey. They stubbornly turned their backs on you and refused to listen. In your love, you were patient with them for many years. You sent your spirit who warned them through the prophets, but still they would not listen. So once again, you allowed the peoples of the land to conquer them. So that's exactly what's happened in America, is that the Father has allowed the enemy from within to conquer this nation. And as we, again, as we cry out and repent and wake up from our spiritual slumber and return to the Lord, Perhaps he will, in his great mercy, not destroy us completely or abandon us forever, and that he will be a gracious and merciful God to us. Let's jump down to verse 36 in chapter 9 of Nehemiah. Chapter 9, verse 36. So now today we are slaves in the land of plenty that you gave our ancestors for their enjoyment. We are slaves here in this good land. Wow! That is a now statement. It was true then historically for the uh, children of Israel who were living in the land of Israel. They were slaves then, but it's true today. Here in America, we are slaves. Uh, inflation is so bad now that even if you make 15, 20, 25 bucks an hour, you can't keep up with the cost of gas and the cost of food. And um, our wages are insignificant compared to the cost of living and we've become slaves many people are working two three even four jobs just to stay afloat and not get into debt and so we've become slaves and so we continue to cry out to god to return to him to return to his torah and to ask for him to deliver us very much today We are like the children of Israel that were living in Egypt. We're in bondage, we're living in slavery, and we're asking God to deliver us out of slavery and out of bondage and out of oppression. And actually, it's not just in America, it's in all the nations, the Dutch, the Canadians, the Israelites, the the Jews in Israel. All over the world, these deep state globalists want to enslave us. And 
destroy our local economies and have us work for pittance wages and keep us in bondage. So we are crying out. Today, Father, we cry out to you and we ask that you will deliver your people all over the nations, all over the earth, from bondage, from slavery, from oppression. We pray, Father, we cry out to you that you will raise up Moses-like figures, 144,000 of them. Get them ready. Prepare them. Get them ready, Father, so that they can lead your people out of all these places of exile where we are, and that one day when the greater exodus begins, on a future Passover, that we will follow that cloud by day and that pillar of fire by night and begin that journey home to Israel, where you, Yeshua, will rule and reign for a thousand years from Jerusalem. Father, help us during these trying times, these times of trials and testings, to trust you. We cry out to you, and we ask that you will help us today. Give us today our daily bread. And help us to forgive others, even as you have forgiven us. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, Amen. Yevrekka Adonai Vish Merekka Yeah Adonai Vikuneka Isa Adonai Anav Ileka Vayaseleka Leka Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>